Hello and welcome to Everyday I'm Learning, the voice of adult learners in Ireland, an AIMTOS podcast. I'm Derval Lawless and today I'm delighted to welcome Mary Moynihan. Hi Derval. How are you Mary? I'm well, thank you very much and I'm delighted to be on the podcast today. I'm so glad you're here Mary. We've met a couple of times and I was just hugely impressed with your work and with yourself. We met at a, um, a seminar we did with the Palais and I think a couple of things we did with Largos and you, you know you did a, a workshop and you were talking about Smashing Times, the theatre company, if you want to tell us about that, that you're the director of. And I was just blown away by it. Well, thank you very much. It's great to get that type of feedback. Um, yeah, I, I work with Smashing Times Theatre and Film Company and we're in the process, actually, of setting up the Smashing Times International Centre for the Arts and Equality. Wow. And the company, it started off back in 1991, where a group of artists met at the Focus Theatre in Dublin. And we met through an amazing woman called Georgia O'Connell, who had actually trained with Lee Strasberg in New York. And she was, you know, roommates with Barbara Streisand. Stop. She, she worked, are you serious? Yeah, she worked Jeez, along. you guys are up there. <laughs> well, oh, but she was amazing. Like she worked at Marilyn uh, Monroe and oh Marilyn God. Brando. But she said she had a vision to come back to Ireland to train artists in what's known as the Stanislavski system of actor training, which comes from the Moscow Art Theatre. Stanislavski is like the founding father of actor training. Wow. And Deirdre came back to Ireland set up a tiny focus theatre. She was actually married to Lou Kelly. Ah, yeah. <laughs> it's oh a, it's a wonderful God. history. Yeah. And and she wanted to train people. So that's a form of adult education because yeah. back then there was very, you know, there were training programmes around training for the arts or for yeah. theatre, but very little. And she set up this wonderful studio, charged very little, where people would come along every weekend to train in a studio context. And then she loved the idea of people working in a theatre where, where you train is also where you work work. Okay. So it's an ensemble and you're yeah. a family. And she actually referred to people as we were the, the family and then there was the cousins and then there was everybody oh, else. Oh, that's so nice though. <laughs> so it was wonderful. Like that community but like yes. plus 10, you know, like oh. that's amazing. Oh yeah, it was and it was just a wonderful space to work in and she was a very gifted woman and very, what was amazing was very willing to share her learning with people. Yeah. Um, and so I joined the Focus and I, I worked there as an actor and a director but I became very interested in the directing and in the writing. Yeah. And I recognised after after a few years of working in Focus Theatre, this was a very powerful medium. Yes. The medium yeah. of drama and theatre. And I felt, that this is back in 1991, I felt it was, there was an exclusivity back then where a lot of people didn't have access to the yeah, arts. Yeah, because it, it is. It's one of those kind of areas where you would have necessarily maybe had the resources to attend the drama classes or go to the academy. And you have these ideas of the type of kids who went to those theatre schools and yes. you wanted to break that, I suppose. I did. I very much... Good woman. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I, I, we were working there professionally for a number of years, but we all felt I particularly felt that I wanted to bring theatre out of the traditional theatre space out to communities like yes. Ballymun, like Tala, um, like Kulak, where I was originally Real from. Real people on the ground. You're originally from Kulak yeah. yourself and we're in Kulak now. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> I know and it, it's wonderful to be back. But I remember growing up, I didn't have access to these, uh, you know, to the arts. And I, you know, my background was I did want to go to college. I'm the first person in my family on my mother's side to ever get a university education and the only wow. first woman on my father's side. But I remember when I was 16, I was studying for the Leaving Cert in Kula because my family were very keen about getting an arts, not an arts education, but getting 
an education. Yeah. Because, but they had been denied it. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my parents actually were from the country, but had emigrated to the United States. My dad was in the American army. My parents went over there. Then they came back, yeah. lived in Dublin and um, they just wanted their kids to have an education. And when I was 16, I was all ready for the Leaving Cert. And then, as I was saying to you earlier, I lost my mother. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I know it was, uh, you know, it, it was like a very um, emotional time because she died in childbirth or just shortly after giving birth. It's devastating. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it's something we didn't talk about it for a long time because back then people didn't talk about things like that and there wouldn't be things like counselling and no, and the mental health and yeah, all of that. Yeah. And, yeah. and even as you were saying earlier on, you know, the rights to be able to address that. And I think there's an element of adult education in that as well, where it's like, here's this really horrific situation that's happened. What do we do? What rights do we have? How do we how do we come to terms with this, like in terms of services, but also like how can we take action? Yeah, yeah. That's very true, actually, because I, I remember we didn't know what to do and nobody talked about it. And it was years later. You know, I, I then had to drop out of school because we had a small baby to mind and yeah. we were determined to rear that child. And I did. But I, I remember then in my early 20s, you know, back then, I suppose for a woman, the only choices of job you had was... Um, being a secretary, you know, being a secretary is brilliant. No, there's and no offence to that, but yeah. it's, it's there's only if there's only certain pathways, that's very frustrating. Yes, and 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 I did love the work, but I just found it wasn't what I wanted to do with my yeah, life. And I remember yeah. going through this soul searching and deciding I need to go back and finish that education. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the biggest gift you can give to someone. Oh, like. Yeah. You know, your your Smashing Times Theatre Company links in with um, the Theatre of the Oppressed, which you can explain in a second. But like that's based on the work of Paolo Freire as well. And I think when you talk about that, about social class and about marginalised and vulnerable groups, education is what helps create that social change. Education is everything. Yeah, it gives people a voice. It gives people power. It's the practice of freedom. And and you've used drama and theatre and acting and film and everything, all that medium in that way as well. And it's just so powerful. Yeah, it is. And and what we did was when when I set up Smashing Times Theatre and Film Company, originally it was a group of women, as I was saying, to try and come together to create our own type of work where we wanted to take the power of the arts out into communities. Yeah. But we also wanted as well to make work about the type of issues that we felt were being, that women and different communities were facing that weren't being reflected in the arts. Um, and then to just use the power of the arts to empower communities. And, and and at the same time then, when I was working in Focus, that's when I realised, no, I have to go back to education. Yeah. So I went back to night school in Plunkett's and did four subjects and loved it and then went back to university as a mature student to Trinity. And I just thought it was wonderful. So I'm a big fan and advocate like, of telling congratulations, people Mary. at any age you can go and get an education. Yeah, and it's changed your life. And here you are. Yes. Like... Modern day, you are now the director of this amazing company that empowers and builds and supports people like yourself from your community and other communities who yes. aren't necessarily always given that ex- experience and opportunity. Yeah. And that is community education. Well, it, it is because and where we bring the arts in is that, you know, when we set Smashing Times up, we were p- putting on shows by playwrights that were writing about issues that we felt were important. But then uh, we would put the show on in a community and then the community, we would have a post-show discussion. So you could be looking at issues to do with, for example, gender equality yeah. or to look at... Um, you know, 
a lack of human rights in a community yeah. and how do you start having conversations around that when we would have post-show discussions but we found the post-show discussions became so long we said we have to make a workshop okay. so we started designing workshops to empower the community themselves to start making the theatre and to get involved in that process and that does link to Boal where Boal is all about you know he, he's all about making theatre and using theatre as a way to raise questions or to explore what's happening in your society yeah. but also as well what happens through a drama process and this is what really fascinates me is that you, you come in initially to, to have fun that's yeah. really important yeah. and the type of drama we do it's it's very much a workshop based process where it's accessible to everybody yeah. and it really does fit with community values and community ideals because the work is accessible yeah. everybody can take part everybody has an imagination everybody has a physicality and I've worked with people with disabilities and they can still fully take part in this work oh, it just is so, so open good. and through the workshop process you're having fun but what you're doing is you're also building your confidence you're yeah. building your self-esteem you're learning how to communicate you're learning self-expression you're learning how to work in a group you're learning all these soft skills Huge. Which, and that's what everything these days they're talking about the power and the capacity of soft skills because yes. it's not about being able to do some sort of specific skill that teaches you to do one process you want to have that critical thinking that imagination, the creativity to be able to walk into a situation and solve problems and adapt and to work with other people. And that's exactly those type of abilities that they're going through with the drama process. It is. And, you know, as I said, it is very accessible. So if you have a trained facilitator where they're there, to me, I see the facilitator as a person who is empowering or you're, you're almost like a shaman where you're just a conduit, if you yeah. like, for the empowerment to happen within the group. And then, for example, you know, at the very beginning of the company, then we, we because it was before the ceasefires in Northern Ireland, we ended up doing work in Dublin, but also working in Northern Ireland, bringing using the arts to bring the different communities together to have difficult conversations like that is so powerful it was it, what's it, it, that like oh you know it's it's funny to remember back on it because I remember starting off really the only model we have was Augusta Boal's okay. foreign theatre process or his theatre and of that's the all about active participation and critical consciousness and questioning and Yes. Um, yeah, it's about the fact that he would say everyone can act. So this, so this dual meaning of to act is to perform, but it's also to take action. Okay. So it's about bringing people into the centre of the creative process and enabling them to have these skills that, that you know, they're, they're, they are skills that the facilitator will pass on, but you learn by doing. Yeah. So it is very experiential yeah. and it is very open to people. And then you're using those skills to explore what's happening in your life, to explore what's happening in your community yeah. and then finding ways to question what's happening in your community. Yeah, and that's just so important. Yeah, yeah. Like people in any situation can often take things for granted and, you know, in the good and the bad sense and having that ability to question the environment you're in, especially when you think about, you know, we talk about Freire and Boar about, the, you know, the oppressor and the oppressed yes. and those people who are the oppressed people who have been forced into this concept of like, you have to fit into society. No, you don't. Why should you? You are the people of that country or of that community. You should be empowered enough to be able to create change and question it and say, I want change and to take action and make that change. Yeah. You know, I just feel that that's so amazing to be able to do that. Yeah. And that's what that gives people. And so you were working in the North and I, I'd imagine there was a huge element of conflict resolution and identity in that as well. It, there was. And the way we work in the company is we would see ourselves as the, I suppose, we're the facilitators in the artistic process and we would work in partnership with people who are 
who are experts in community community relations, positive okay. community relations, and experts in anti-racism and anti-sectarianism. And when we first started, like I was saying before the ceasefires, we were using the arts to bring different communities together. So I remember my first weekend, I've been working in theatre for a long time, but I remember going up and working with bringing a group from the Shank Hill together with a group from the Falls Road. Wow. And using the theatre process to find ways for the groups to share their experiences and this whole idea of storytelling. And I think what's important about theatre too is that you, you know, the idea of empathy and learning to stand in the other's shoes. Yes. So I, I do see the arts as very much about enabling us to um, become aware of the other. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and then that has, you know, that has... Um, importance for the idea of communities that are feel marginalised or disempowered yeah. and how do we find ways to reach out to those communities and engage them in a process and you start that process by first of all building up the individual skills and then yeah. building up the you know all those uh, ideals I talked about like self-expression confidence yeah. building I was going to say confidence because that's a, a huge theme in adult education so you bring people in from marginalised and vulnerable communities people who've had many different experiences and often people have experienced a lot of trauma Yes. And you are able to build their confidence in that because I think that's a lot like we're all very intelligent. We all have a huge capacity, but we don't often have the confidence to realise that or to embrace it and to take that risk and that chance, especially if you haven't had social capital as well. You know, someone else saying you are amazing, you go do that. And also here's access to all these different resources and people around you. You know, people don't always have that. Yeah. And like through your work, you're able to do that. And I suppose you see a huge difference in someone when they're confident and then they flourish. Oh, we do. And you actually just hit on it there because that's the power of a, for example, a theatre workshop process is that there's a, there's a type of a community is developed within the group okay. where the group start to share with each other and support each other and work together. And yeah. that's what drama teaches you, how to work together and how to support yeah. each other. And it's wonderful to see that happening. You know, so for example, I have seen participants come in where I've worked, you know, in Dublin where you might see someone comes in. I remember there was one woman and I still meet her today and she's still involved in community theatre. And I remember she just came along because a friend wanted to go and she, she walked in the door and sat in the corner and couldn't even lift her head. She was so okay. shy. Um, and, wow. you know, wasn't involved in education or anything like that. She was a, a mother with children. But she ended up staying. I said, you can stay and watch. Yeah. And of course, there's Didn't a kind of... the first taster. Yeah. But she's going to get the inkling <laughs> for it now. <laughs> there's a kind of a magic where you can draw people into the process. So yeah. I did that and she stayed for those first 10 weeks. Um, it was a workshop down in Pier Street and she's still gone strong and she's gone oh, on stop. to do so many amazing things. And I always remember That's the gorgeous. first time she did a play where she was performing and she had her daughter and her mother on the front row. So ah. you have three generations of a family watching this empowering process. Isn't that just lovely? Oh, it's amazing. I feel like also, sorry, that reminded me of something of this ownership of the arts as well. Yes. We were looking at the adult learner survey. I know I'm going off into research, <laughs> but about this whole idea and concept of adult education and adult learning, right, in different spaces. And obviously, the theatre and the arts is a huge aspect of that but I feel like a lot of the time people from working class communities don't feel that they've ownership of it and obviously when you're in like how often so a friend of mine works in the theatre in the Axis in Ballymun and she said a lot of the parents still don't come in through the front doors because they don't feel like it's their space mm. and they're constantly trying to reach out and obviously your work hugely does that it's all like on the ground with the people in the community but it's like that capacity of work like yours to be able to to address that and, and go beyond it where people don't feel like, you know, I'm 
such and such from the council estate down the road. Why shouldn't I walk into the National um, Arts Gallery and feel comfortable to sit there admiring this piece of art? Or do I feel like I don't belong? Do you know that maybe that sometimes can be a fear for people in different, very formal or what they would have perceived as middle class spaces. Mm. And I think when you do that outreach work and you're on the ground and you're in the actual community, you totally break down all those barriers and those walls. Yeah, so and we, we actually found that because I think from the beginning in the company, we always said we wanted to focus on reaching out to groups that are marginalised or working in, in areas experiencing disadvantage. Yeah. And you have to find a different way of working. Yeah. Because the mainstream doesn't always fit. It's not just one shoe fits all. Exactly. You know? And it's even the voice. Like we were talking about that, you know, the importance of having the different voices that people hear, the language that they use, the slang terms that they use. It's very hard to see something as yours if you can't identify with the person representing it. Yes, yeah. And, and that gets back to, you know, I suppose that gets back to the core of Smashing Times that we would, it's all about storytelling, but we would say, we're telling stories, but whose story is being told? Exactly. And what stories Who's are not being told? Hey, oh, Mary, yeah. <laughs> and we know that as women, yeah. that the, you know, the, the male narratives of history that have existed where so many incredible powerful role model stories of women have just been left out of the books, the history books. Now, male and female historians are putting those stories back in, which is brilliant. But it is about saying whose story is being told. And what I have discovered is when you do a workshop. So again, because what you said, I would say that with the type of work we do is very much about we would feel you have to go out and work with communities and in communities. You don't come in to tell communities what to do. Because that gets back to Ferre, you know, the community are the expert as much as we are. Exactly. So it's a sharing process and it's a way of working together. And that's what the arts are brilliant about. You can bring so many different people together in a space through the arts yeah. and enable everybody to, to tell their story, but also listen to the stories and the stories you may not want to hear as well as the stories you don't yeah. know about. So telling those stories is really important. And we find outreach work is really, and particularly when we worked in Northern Ireland, because there's so many gatekeepers. Yeah. A lot of the times we couldn't get into the communities and we had to build up trust, build up relationships. You don't parachute in, you go in, you no. work, you build. Build, exactly. You build connections. And then and then what happens is, because it's interesting, when we started working in Northern Ireland, we were using the arts for peace building. But because of that process, we discovered all these extra benefits that were happening, where a lot of the communities, uh, f- you know, who are, were doing our, our training programmes in Northern Ireland and doing our arts programmes. And loads be- of these programmes, I'm sorry to say as well, are funded um, through European funding. Yes. So yeah. it's amazing because there's this international perspective of that, this European element where they understand the need for these type of programmes and they're actually supporting you to do that work then as well. Yeah, and it's fantastic because because what happens is is that people are coming in and do, doing these programmes, but then we discovered through our evaluations that they were going on because of the skills they were getting, not just in the arts, they were going on to access further education wow. and further employment. And I think the arts are a brilliant medium to enable people to take that step from being completely outside of the educational system to finding a way to discover what your skills are, what you're interested in. And it's open. It's And the right open. pathway for you. Like that's what we're always saying in Ain't Us about the power of community work, community development, community education, community theatre. You have to be there to meet someone on their doorstep and have the conversation in the language that is their language yes. and have that cup of tea in conversation and bring them in gently, step by step in their in that trusting environment. And then as you say, because they've done that and it's gone well, they've built their confidence, then they take, you know, another step forward and they go into that next pathway, which could be a more formalised adult course or yeah. a further education course. And as you said earlier on, some people even went into politics. Like 
that really creates that social change. There's activism right there. Like, that's amazing. I know. And and it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fun and it's empowering. But, you know, you're right too about that. I think there's some brilliant funders out there like, you know, Erasmus Plus and yeah. the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade Reconciliation Fund and the Europe for Citizens. We have found those type of programmes really are so beneficial and so supportive of this type of work where they're supporting arts organisations to go out and use the work with local communities. Yeah. And, you know, we, we run a range of programmes from we're remembering women's stories in history from World War Two, from wow. the decade of commemorations. We're using drama and theatre to promote change, to look at gender equality, working in gender equality with young people. We're working in anti-racism, anti-sectarianism and peace building and reconciliation. And mental health as well, you were saying earlier on. And like this That's podcast is funded by the Communicating um, Europe Initiative. And it's these, and I think that for anybody listening as well, to realise that if you want to do something like this or something in the theatre, something in your community that you feel is a bit different, there are possibilities and opportunities out there, yeah. you know, and if you need help, just ask because this stuff is so powerful. Oh, it is. And because of that, we're running the first Arts and Human Rights, Dublin Arts and Human I'm Rights I'm so excited Festival. to go to this. Yeah. <laughs> 19th to the 29th of September. It's smashing times on Frontline Defenders and Trinity College and Fighting Words and a whole lot of different oh, Fighting Words are amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's all about, we have a whole series of events and we really do want to, because what we love about the European funded projects is the way you can get together with different organisations who are amazingly are doing similar work in across Europe, but across you don't know Europe. about it. Yeah. And, then, you know, and we've, we've, and you learn so much from oh. other people, especially with that that different cultural aspect, the identity thing there. There's so much to learn from people all across Europe. Oh, I think it's just such a beneficial process, um, you know, to bring different communities together. I think we've got 10 European partners coming over for the festival. Oh, and wow. it's just amazing to share the stories. And then you often find, oh, my God, you're doing similar work to us. Yeah. Or how did you do that? And this is how we do it. And it's just great to share those ideas. Um, and and I think particularly the way the world is going at the moment. Yeah, that I was going to say the dirty B word breaks it. Well, y- well, yes, and you know I and was the conservative right wing agenda, the yeah. rise of the far <laughs> all these right. depressing yeah. things to talk yeah. about, Mary. I know the, the the rise of the far right and populism, and you know, and we hear stories from our European partners about the attacks that are taking place in human rights, On the and streets, yeah. freedom of expression. Yeah, um, and I think it's really important now that, and it's fantastic because I think Ireland and the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade and taking that stand to say that we promote democracy, we promote human rights and going back to those original, like the EU, the European Union was set up to um, make sure that no wars ever happened again and it was set up to promote freedom and democracy. So it's going back to those ideals and saying... And remembering what are our principles and values here? Yes, What is our shared understanding? Let's have empathy, you know, it's that shared identity and I think people are forgetting that at the moment. Well, and for me, it always comes back to, and that's why I'm I'm involved at the moment on developing plays around women's stories from history. And what I love about the stories is that a common denominator, I suppose, is the woman. A lot of the women are very active socially, but they have a sense of humanity and wanting to reach out and bring communities together. And and just the sense of what it is to be, to have that shared humanity is so important. And I think they're the type of role models, not some of the political leaders we have abroad at the moment (laughs) that we need to be having out there talking and and I think again getting you know working in communities for people to talk about these issues because they affect all of us yeah 
and 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 it's I do say too it's fun as well we have to remember that we need to celebrate human rights we need to celebrate what it is to accept the other yeah. and to celebrate what it is to be human and that for me is what you know that's the type of EU I like to see where yeah. it's about looking after countries and looking after communities and looking after the individual and society Exactly and being proud to be Irish at the moment in that situation where we've actually come 10 steps forward now we might have been slow to do it but we're getting there you know like we've had two amazing massive legislative yeah. changes in the last number of years that made you comfortable to be a woman living in this environment to be comfortable to be proud to be Irish and saying people are voting for change they want they want more acceptance they want fairness they want equality Yeah, you know they're embracing diversity it's just so nice isn't it and I feel like that's one of those things where adult education has played a huge part of that like even in the campaigns around those issues there was a huge adult education element to that because people were being given the opportunities to learn to, to discuss issues and to learn about them and I think People, when they think about adult education, they often think about these formalised courses, which of course it includes. But adult learning takes place in so many different elements of society as well. And and that's a huge part, this political aspect as well. And just, I think, I keep coming back to the, the, the value of the work that you've done in the North with that too, where I have this fear at the moment about Brexit and about what's going to happen. And it's like, I don't know, Mary, how do you feel that things like what's going to happen for you in your work up there? What do you imagine? Do you feel that people are? How do you think they're feeling at the moment, the people that you're working with who are engaged in adult learning through theatre? Um, I think, well, well, obviously, you know, as everybody else would say, nobody knows what's going to happen around yeah. Brexit and it is very difficult. But and I think particularly for my work in Northern Ireland and again, I would say this, that people don't want to return to um, a society where violence is present. That's yeah. very important. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of issues that need to be dealt with. Yeah. Um, and in a way, they need to, politicians need to, um, you know, they need to mature. They really need to find a way to work together. And I think for me, actually, Brexit comes back to this thing about the type of values we want in society. Yeah. Yeah. Because it has to be about not what's in your interest or what's in your party's interest, but what's in the interest of ordinary people yeah. in countries in Europe and in the world. Yeah. And we have to get back to those values and saying, how do we find a type of politics where it is about looking after people? Now, I think we need more women in politics to bring definitely. about that type we of change. Do. Yeah. Um, but, the, you know, the research shows that the more women you have in government, if you have a if you have a high percentage of, of females in government, it's a lot less likely to have corruption. Yes. They've done long term studies on this. Like. Yeah. And because we were developing a play one time and one of the research pieces of information I came across was that there's, even though there is wars happening in the world at the moment, there is a lot less wars. Bec- and they say that's connected to the fact that more and more women are becoming involved in politics. Wow. And again, it's not too stereotype, but, you know, I do think the more we have women involved, the more you're going to have different ways of how you approach yeah, power. We're not saying it's always better, but it's, you know, yeah, like it, 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 how we approach power, how we how we work things out in society. Society. And and I think they say it's only when you start to have over 40 percent of, of female representation will actual change start to happen. Yeah. So and I always think I'm like a politician when it comes to all these issues. Lots done, but more to do. <laughs> You're dead right. But like we do, we 50 percent of the populations are female. Yes. So why shouldn't they be represented? Absolutely. And have that voice and that power out there. You know, yeah. it's just so important. Yeah. And, and the idea of diversity. And I think, too, what I love about the arts and what I love about theatre is that it's all about being yourself 
and yourself is about being different. Yeah. And I think that's really important for young people today. It is okay to be different and that's what we have to celebrate. Um, and, and again, find a way to say human rights matter and human yeah. rights are important and the arts are a great way to do that. A hundred percent, Mary. And I think, as you said, it's like when you're that young person and you're, you know, you're a bit quirky or you're a bit different and like, you know, that fear to fit in and to be the same as everybody else. And it's so, it's so important to realise that that's not the thing to do. It's to be yourself. Mm. You know, there's only one version of you. Everybody the, else is taken. Yeah, you know that I know. phrase? I love that. It's so true. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, I, yeah, Neve, who works with us, loves that phrase as well. And it is a wonderful phrase. And what I find particularly important about the arts when you talk about education is that sometimes young people can feel maybe slightly disenfranchised through their educational process where, yeah. they, where they feel, you know, they're being talked at as opposed to having ownership over that process. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I work at third level as well. And I, I, and I think it's very important when we work in the arts to raise awareness of issues with young people, it's not about going in and telling the young people or talking at the young people because yeah. young people already have a lot of knowledge. Yeah. And it's about enabling them to find a process where they can come together with that knowledge with other people and move forward through learning. And I have to say, as an adult learner, the one thing I loved, I was found very liberating is when I discovered uh, how little I know. You know, yeah, I know I, I know loads, but the more I learn, it's so it's so wonderful to be able to say, I still want to learn so much. There's yeah. so much out there I still need to know about. And that idea it's of, refreshing of being and open to learning is really isn't important. it? And it's it's humanizing to yourself and being yeah. kind to yourself because you realise you don't have to know everything. No. And it's okay not to know everything or not to be perfect. But it's so important to realise that you can have that thirst for more. Yes. And yeah. to and to go on that journey then to yeah. know like you're always learning, like the name of the podcast, Every Day I'm Learning. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's so wonderful to be learning. And, you know, and again, I suppose the, the, the Beckett's quote is often quoted on this, but the idea of, you know, fail, fail again, fail gloriously. Don't be afraid to go out and try things and see what happens. And, you know, the whole idea of the art is that you come together and it's not so much about the end result. It is about the process. Exactly. And the process is really important yeah. because it's through the process where the act of learning happens. Um, and it's really I think for me learning and that's what I like about theatre learning is not about what someone tells you or what you remember it's about what you discover yourself and I think that's really important I love that that's gorgeous if you had I suppose to wrap up it if you had a piece of advice that you would give to someone as someone who came back to adult education yourself what would you say to someone who's considering it but they're not sure or maybe they're they're still not quite confident enough well, the first thing I would say is absolutely go for it. Mm. Find a way to have the the confidence to believe that you're entitled to an education, that you're entitled to access um, learning at every stage of your life. And I think learning is so important at every stage of our lives. And I would say, you know, I encourage my, my I've got four children and I encourage them always to spend your time searching for what you love and yeah. do what you love. Find yeah. out what your passions are. And investigate them and find out ways to spend time doing what you love. And that will bring you, and that in a way, I suppose, about listening to what's in your heart and listening to where your heart is bringing you and how to find a way. And don't let er anyone ever stop you from going after what you want, because that's really important. 100 percent. Like that's uh, that's perfect. You find a way. Right. Yes. It is your right to be educated. It is your right to explore and find a way to do what, what you were brought here to do, but also what you love to do. Oh, Mary, thank you so much. That was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> Thanks thank a million, Mary. Thank you very much for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank Cheers. You. Bye. This podcast series focuses on adult learners, giving them an opportunity to tell their stories and to share their perspectives on adult education. 
You and the EU, the voice of adult learners in Ireland, is brought to you by AINTOS, the National Adult Learning Organisation, with support from the Communicating Europe Initiative on behalf of the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Recording takes place in a non-for-profit community media project near FM. Thank you for listening.